Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, if you brought your Bibles, let's go to the book of Jonah tonight for just a few minutes, maybe 30 minutes, 25 minutes we'll go, and because uh, we're in the middle of a book study. Everybody say book study. And we're studying the book of Jonah. Let's go to Jonah chapter 1. I'm going to start with verse 9. And so we actually hit the pause button last Wednesday night for the guests, so um, just to kind of jump back a week and a half, um, we were in the story of Jonah, and we know the story about Jonah was told or given a word by God to go to Nineveh. Instead of just going 500 miles, he said, hey, I'm going to jump ship, or well, not that part yet. He's actually going to do his own thing. Anybody ever done your own thing in life? And that doesn't always go out the way we originally had planned, but he decided to go 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. Uh, We know that he boards a ship uh, with uh, the ship crew, goes down at the bottom, goes to sleep. God sends a supernatural storm to kind of shake things up. How many knows that God sometimes will send a storm? I've heard preachers say that God doesn't send the storm, but we're going to see tonight that God does send storms, and we're going to differentiate uh, those storms. Uh, But anyway, so the the rest of the crew goes down to the bottom of the ship, try to figure out, hey, what... Who are you? What's going on? What do you have to do with this storm? Because weather.com on my iPhone said there is no storm. How many knows that was a joke? There was no iPhones back then. Man, y'all are a tough crowd tonight. Okay, we're going to get through here. Jonah chapter 1, verse 9. So we're going to pick the story up right there. The guys just, the, the ship crew went to the bottom of the ship, find Jonah, and find out what's going on. And this was his response. He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. Verse 10, this terrified them, and they asked, what in the world have you done? Because they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? He said, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, everybody say instead. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. That's because God had something to do with the storm, by the way, P.S., Verse 14, then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man for you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, the raging sea, and the raging sea grew calm. At at this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Verse 17, this is where we're going to camp out tonight. But the Lord provided, everybody say provided. The Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. We said at the beginning of the series, and the first, if you, if you have missed the first part, um, you, you can't keep running away was the title. You can check those out on podcasts. But we said that we were going to be looking as we surf 
and go through the book of Jonah, we said that we were, we were going to be looking for traces or glimpses of Jesus because the whole Bible, cover to cover, is painting us and pointing us, painting a picture of and pointing us to Jesus. It said, it said that Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Do you know anybody else that was somewhere at a location for three, three days and three nights? Absolutely. His name was Jesus. He went to the belly, not of a whale, but to the belly of the earth and in the tomb for three days. And when he was resurrected, he brought life to you and I. That's why I have a hard time when Christians, I know life is hard, but, but bless God, when Christians come in and, 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 and life is on them when they walk into church. When he, when he rose from the grave, he gave us the power of life and death. It's in our tongue. But he also rose and we ha- and to give us life. So when we come in, regardless that life is heavy on us, we should be walking around. But hey, I know, I know things are crazy in my life, but bless God, he, he resurrected in me things that were once dead, dreams that were once dead, things that, things that looked like they had no hope of, of coming. He did that. How many are excited about that? That we serve a God who is not dead, but he is alive. Amen? Absolutely. So I want to speak to you just for a few moments tonight from the subject, inside the fish. Inside, everybody say inside. There's a lot, lot happened on the inside, so we're going to focus on this portion. I like doing book studies because we're not just skimming over the story that we all learned in vacation Bible school about the fish and Jonah and all that. Really slowing down, and as I did it for myself to put this together, I really began to see a more clear picture of what, exactly what Jonah was going through. And it's really a parallel of some things in my own life, and I hope you see that. As well, so inside the fish, just a little recap uh, we we know that Jonah is what they call the reluctant prophet. God spoke to him, and he was very reluctant to go. but how many know the power of persuasion? Have you ever been the power of persuasion have you ever had a friend that has put the power of persuasion on you? We know it as teenagers as peer pressure. But it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole nother level when God puts his power of persuasion on you. How many have ever been to that spot? It's like, okay, God, I got it. You know, you're like, God, I got it. I got it. Let go. Uncle. You know, have you ever, anybody else? Sometimes he's got me by, I'm like, on lockdown. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's got me in both hands till I, because I'm just, I'm, sometimes I'm reluctant. Remember what I said? All of us got a little bit of Jonah in us. Amen? Say, and so do I. Absolutely. His name, we, we learned this, his name literally means dove, which means to run away from. And, and a couple weeks ago, when I, I asked the question, what is it that you're running away from that we should be running to? That's a question you answer for yourself. What is it in 2016 that you ran away from, the thing that God spoke to? I don't know if it's him trusting you with your finances. I don't know if it's him wanting to get you to a place where you trust him with your future or trust him with your career or trust him with, with an, a, a education. I mean, even as adults, we can go back to school and do those things. God, I trust you. What is the thing that he's asking of you or has asked of you that you had that Jonah come out of you in 2016 that's still on your plate in 2017? What is that? What is the thing that you're running from God that we should be running to him with? 
I don't know about you, but in 2017, I don't want to run the things that he's laid on my heart, the things he's laid on my life, the things he's challenging me to do. I don't want to run away from those things. I don't, I don't, run, I don't, want, to, I don't want to run away, and I don't want to live scared. I don't want, I don't want, I really, do, I really want my tongue to function with, to line up with my brain tonight. <laughs> I don't want to run away from the things just because it's unclear or I'm uncertain of how it's going to play out. Because y'all know me. I want all the details before I say yes. I don't want to live that way. I want to say, God, I trust you. Oh, that's what you want me to do? I trust you. I'm going to do that. With whatever it is, my finances, my friendships, my marriage, my, my children, we got two in school in Georgia and one here who thinks she should be doing her thing. She's not in here tonight. Daddy will kill you for talking about me. I trust you, God, with my girls. I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, we're, we're dealing in our own house with, with, with raising our last one. And it's, it's rough. Daddy has a hard time letting go. But I got to say, God, I trust you. I don't want to run away from being what God's called me to be as a daddy because I'm afraid of how, it's going, how she's not going to like daddy and daddy's not cool anymore. And that's hard. But see, I don't want to run away from that. God is challenging me to be a better daddy in 2017. I've only got one more shot at it. Unless he has other plans. But I'm just saying, it'd have to be God. <laughs> it'd have to be God. Amen, Amy Weber? Yes. <laughs> We'd have a 24-hour prayer meeting for the Webbers. Yes, we would. I want to run to uncomfortable places that God is calling me to because I believe that all of his purpose for my life, I believe that all of his promises for me are on the other side of my fear and are on the other side of my uncertainty. You want to know what your purpose is? You're going to find it on the other side of your uncertainty. Just, I always come back to this story about us moving to Florida. My purpose and our promise for our family was on the other side of uncertainty. It was on the other side of the fear. I couldn't see exactly how it was going to be played out until I said yes. So the things that you're believing God for, you're going to find those in the area of uncertainty. That's why I said you can't run away from the thing. He's, you're going to find out exactly how it is as you begin to walk out the steps. If you ever, if you ever hit the pause button... The downloads from heaven may pause as well. Did you follow me on that? It's when we're walking it out that he gives me the next step. He's not going to say, oh, well, you took five steps, so I'm going to go ahead and give you the rest of it. It doesn't work that way. We're in our fourth year here. We're still trusting God for every step of the way. And the same, and the same is true in your life. His promises and his purpose for your life and mine are, are, will always be found on the other side of our fear and uncertainty. How many know that fear always brings the enemy on the scene? Amen. He'll always cause doubt and unbelief. Is that really what God wants you to do? Is that really what he wants you to do? <laughs> so Jonah gets this word from God, but, but he doesn't like the word, go to Nineveh. He doesn't like that. Hot news flash. God will not always speak to you, and the things he's asking you to do will not, be always, will not always be things that you like. Oh, me. Oh, me. So Jonah runs in the opposite direction, gets on the boat, goes to sleep. God sends the storm. They wake him up. Sometimes in order to get our attention, God will send the storm. There are times that God will send the storm to get our attention. Can you look back over your life and think of a time that was a specific storm that God sent and he got your attention? I know in my own life, I know he he shook things up 
to get my attention. And, 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 and I can be so into, it, I, I, God, I know I'm doing what you call me to do, and I, I'm doing this thing, God, I'm doing it for you. I can be so caught up in, in doing his work that I'm missing the steps. And I, I'm just, instead, instead of me actually walking out my, my, my journey, I'm actually doing an Indian dance because I'm staying in one place. I'm so excited that I'm doing what God called me to do, but I'm really not making any headway because all I'm doing is excited about what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm really not doing anything. <laughs> is that you tonight or is that just me? It's true. It's true. So sometimes God will send a storm to go, hey, wake up, dummy. <laughs> y'all, know the, y'all know the verse in the Bible? I, I know I'm a, y'all know the verse in the Bible? I'm going to stop saying that I'm all over the place. Amy says, you're not all over the place. We're following you. But it's true, that verse in the Bible, and I really am all over the place because I just lost my train of thought. It'll come back. What? It will. I'm going to put it on Twitter. Y'all look for it in the morning. It'll be there. And the only way to get that storm to settle, the only way to get the storm to settle that God sends is when we surrender ourselves to him and his plan. When God sends the storm, the only way to get him to settle that storm is when I surrender myself, my agenda, my plans, and allow him to have his way. What's so interesting about this story is the storm that's happening is Jonah's storm. Now, I want you all to follow me tonight. It's Jonah's storm. It wasn't the ship crew's storm. Okay? It was Jonah's storm. It's for Jonah to wake up. They were just innocent bystanders. Follow me now. However, because they allowed Jonah on their boat, now they're sharing in Jonah's storm. Have you ever shared someone's storm? Have you ever shared in someone else's storm? Have you ever done an inventory in your life and been like, is all of this drama because of something that I've done? Or is it because I've allowed the wrong people on my boat? Okay? This is kind of where we're going to be tonight. I really felt this strong tonight. Sometimes the only way for the drama to settle and the storm to cease is to kick some people off your ship. Oh, but Pastor Bradley, that's so mean. We're supposed to be, watch me now, we're supposed to have compassion and Jesus wouldn't do that. Oh, really? Check this out. God doesn't need your help in redirecting that person's life. Well, I just feel like God has called me to to step in. Stepping in can be dangerous. The ship crew should have already known who was getting on their ship. What's your story? Why are you here? Instead, they just let anybody in, and he's running for... I'm not even talking about... Check this out. Time out. I'm not even talking about lost people. I'm talking about Christians who are running from what God wants them to do. If you allow them on your ship, remember, if you're running from God, you can run from him, but you can't hide from him. He will send a storm, and if you allow that Christian person in on your ship, you're going to feel the effects and the, and, the, and the waves from their storm that wasn't intended for you. It wasn't to wake you up, but perhaps it will to go, hey, you gots to go. I heard an old saying a long time ago. It says, if helping you hurts me, we got to cut ties. That's why Jesus, there's a story in the Bible when Jesus healed the man who was outside the city gates. Before he laid it, before Jesus said, you're healed, he said, do you want to be healed? 
It's one thing to help people who want to be helped. But if you're just helping people who have no intention of changing, you're an enabler. You are an enabler. And you're in the way of what God wants to do. And guess what? God's not going to slow his roll because you're in the vicinity, uh, within the sphere of what he's trying to do to that person. If you're in that sphere, you, you and I will get caught up in that storm. It was never intended for you. I'm speaking from experience. I got caught up in somebody else's storm because I was within the, the sphere. Matter of fact, I was dead center. We're in Florida. Y'all know about hurricanes. When you're in the eye of the storm, you don't feel the effects. I was dead center of the storm, didn't really feel it. And I allowed something to come in. And, and oh, you know, something just nudges you. You'll get pulled into the, out of the eye and, and into the, and you're tracking me. I'm not trying to be so animated, but, I mean, you get pulled out of the eye. And now you're, now you're in and you can't, you can't get out. It's important that you know where you are. It's important that you know who's in your ship. Okay? If not, you may become collateral damage from someone else's storm. Two lessons that I want, to, want us to pause right here. You're saying, we already took a time out. We're still timing out. Two lessons from in this moment I want us to take away from this is this. It's the, the, we need to understand the impact that running has on us, first of all. When God is calling you to do something, he's challenging you to trust him in areas, it's important that we understand the impact that that has directly on us for, for running. Okay, It's also important that we understand the impact that it could have on others. It's also important that we understand and we recognize the other people who are running. They, they have a call in their life. They're running. The storm's there. It's important that you understand what happens to you and I if we get caught up in their storm? Don't become an enabler to people who are running. That's hard for I'm just parking right here because that's hard for some Christians because they feel like God has given them the gift and, 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 and resources to help people. Remember what I said. If they have no intention of changing, all you are is an enabler. They're never going to change as long as you continue to be their foundation. God wants, them, God wants them to understand that he should be and will be their foundation. Don't be an enabler. Don't be an enabler. I know that's not, it's not popular, but man, that just hit home with me tonight. Because I've been challenged. People have said, yeah, but, but, but God will take, take care of me. He knows my heart. He, there's also a story in the book of Jonah that talks about people who were collateral damage to Jonah's storm. They were lucky (laughs) that they they surrendered and said, what do we need to do to stop this? This isn't, you did this. What do we do? Gots to go. Gots to go. Why have I landed right here? Because in 2017, it is very important that we are intentional about who we let in our circle. It's probably every other week that I say that. But what does intentional mean? That means on purpose. On purpose. You've got you've to you've allow people to come in on purpose, and you've got to allow people not to come in on purpose. I'm not going to just let somebody just show up casually in my, in my circle. Because I don't know what you got that wants to jump off on me. 
My girls would tell you, back when we lived in Georgia, our, our two older girls would tell you, I didn't just let anybody come spend the night at our house because I don't know what spirits you entertain at your house that want to take up residence in mine because my house is clean. They didn't like that, but daddy slept real good. Up until one time, I let my guard down and we let one, one, one young lady come and stay at our home. And then our daughter starts having dreams and, and all kinds of crazy stuff, seeing Indians on the wall and, and all kinds of demonic stuff starts happening upstairs in our house because we allowed, so no more, I don't, I don't do that stuff. Y'all can come during the day when I'm awake and y'all can play and do all kinds of things. But when I go to sleep, I don't want the enemy to think that's his opportunity to, to take over my house. Okay? Y'all do y'all, I'm, I'm, but I'm just letting you know how I do me. Okay? I'm just not going, I'm just not, I don't play with the devil. I don't play with him. He knows. He tries other avenues. You can't just think he's coming one way. He'll come. He'll, the, the way you're not looking for him is the way he's coming. Well, it sounds like you got it all together. No, we're still fighting him today. We're still watching him try to come into the house through innocent avenues. Uh-uh. Ain't no time. Not today. Not today. Sometimes the people that we allow in our circle, they're running from something. And when they're, when they're walking in disobedience to God, their consequences won't just affect them, it will affect you. The wages of sin is death. There are consequences for your actions. And if you're allowing people who into your, into your inner circle that are dealing with consequences, guess what? Welcome to the party. You're now going to have to deal with those consequences. Are you getting this tonight? I know I'm, I'm parking on this, but it's important. Because if not, the devil's going to keep hitting us right here. It ain't no, say, ain't no time for that. Ain't no time for that. It's, it's called a boldness. They wake Jonah. He says, it's me. It's my fault. I'm running from God. Again, it's not a lost person. He's a prophet. He just decided, I don't want to go. And we talked about why, because the people he was supposed to go to are barbaric and they would kill him and he knew it because he was going to show up in their town and say, the way you guys are living is sin. You got to make it right. He didn't have a problem with the message. It was the people that God was telling him to go talk to. So, so it's not a lost person who was running from God. It's a Christian. It's a prophet, a.k.a. a pastor who's running from God. God sends a storm to wake him up. So they throw him overboard. But how many knows that just because then it became, and the Bible says that the sea became calm, just because it's calm on the surface doesn't mean there's not still a storm going on in the unseen area. Just because, you're, just because there's a, there, everything on the outside looks good doesn't mean you're not tormented on the inside. What are you talking about? Because the true torment, the true, the true test of what was fixing to happen was getting ready to happen below the surface, below the sea. It was where the real trauma was going to happen. Because Jonah was basically saying, I'm better off obeying God jumping into the storm. Remember, storm didn't stop until Jonah was in the water. Okay? But in his mind, he was thinking, I'm better off obeying God in the storm than disobeying him on the boat. So there was a heart change in Jonah. The storm worked. And I've always asked, okay, God. He admitted, I was wrong. 
And he's telling these other guys on the ship, I'm a worshiper of God. He, it all changed. God, why did Jonah still have to be thrown overboard? That's what I'm thinking. Why did he still have to go? Why did he still have to be swallowed by the whale? Ever thought about that? Because he'd already had a heart change. He got it. It's better for me to jump in and be obedient to him in a storm than it is for me to be up here disobedient. I mean, he probably thinks he's going to die. He doesn't know that God's fixing to calm the storm. I don't know about y'all, but in the middle of the night, I'm not jumping in. When we go on cruises and you walk out there late at night and you're looking, I'm thinking there is nothing to catch me should I fall overboard. You don't know what's in that water. Jonah thought he was going to die, right? Wouldn't you think that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But then God sends a fish to swallow Jonah whole. Now, that's pretty cool because if it was me, well, I'm, I'm kind of a little, so he probably could have just whoosh, but but. He could have he just broke Jonah in half. But remember, it said that the Lord provided. The Lord provided. So God sent the storm, and the Lord provided the fish to swallow Jonah. I mean, it's one thing to be swallowed whole. It's just one thing to be swallowed by a fish. That's enough to empty your bladder. Amen? Like... <laughs> You ever watch those things that when they come up on your Facebook page, people who are taking pictures of whales, and they're just people in little canoes out on the ocean, and that whale comes up out of nowhere, but you see the little fish flapping on the, so you know something's coming, and then all of a sudden, the big, big Daddy just shows up. Like, that's one thing, to see a fish, but then to just be whoosh, swallowed whole by a fish. But it's another to just be hanging out in the belly of a, of a whale for three days. Like, that's a whole... I mean, God, kill me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, shoot me now. God, how come I'm in here? Have you ever thought about that? Because God sent the storm. God provided the fish. And now he's got Jonah right where he wants him. All because he would have rather done it his way. Instead of going to Nineveh, I'm going the opposite direction. 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. Everybody say, inside the fish. Man, time is slipping away. The fish, if you're taking notes, write this down, okay? Because a lot of people come, well, Pastor Bradley, I, I've really missed, I've really, I, I really missed, I'm, I'm used to some teaching, and a lot of people don't like preaching, and when I get all excited, they want me just to sit down and, and, and let's teach. So this is a teaching moment. Everybody say, teaching moment. The fish, to me, represents God's discipline, and God's discipleship. You can write it down this way. The fish equals God's discipline and God's discipleship. What do I mean? If God delivers you but never disciplines you, then how will you ever learn? Okay? See, a lot of people they don't like that part. Well, God saved me. Just because you're saved, you're still going to have to suffer the consequences of whatever you were doing. You're saved, but there's still consequences, okay? So if God delivers you but never disciplines you, how will you ever learn? Proverbs, throw this up there for me, baby. Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares, we're talking about the, the discipline of God. Whoever spares the rod, those of you who are parents, take note. If you're not whipping your child, the Bible says you hate your children. My mom and daddy loved me. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Okay? So we take that as parents, but also he is our heavenly father. So if he, if he delivers you but doesn't discipline you, how would, we, how would we learn? Take it a step further. If God saves you but he never disciples you, how will you ever discover your purpose? Okay? He's going to deliver you. There's going to be discipline, storm, whale, not just killed. You're going to lay, at, lay in the belly for a while. Then he's going to disciple you and teach you on a Wednesday night in the rain. He's going to teach us. He's teaching me. Think about this. What was it like in the belly of the fish? It was probably cramped. I don't know how big the whale was. I just picked one that looked pretty. It could have been cramped, probably an odor in there. How many knows they eat other fish whole, right? So now you get in there, and you don't even know if they're dead. You ever thought about that? I mean, if Jonah got swallowed up whole, and he's in there with water, there's probably some other fish in there too, just going around Jonah. He's just in there like, have you ever thought of, like, just think about what it was, not the, not, the, not the vacation Bible school story of big whale, little dude, gets swallowed up, thrown up on the sea. No, no, I'm talking about he is in the belly of a fish. What's that like? What, what was that like? It was not where Jonah wanted to be, but it was exactly where God intended him to be in that moment. You ever been there in your own life? Not where you wanted to be, but was exactly where God intended you to be in the moment because of a choice you made. The takeaway from this part of the story is this. God doesn't always give us what we want, but what we need. God doesn't always give us what we want, but it will always be what we need. And it will always be better than you ever imagined The Bible says the Lord provided the huge fish. The mistake that most people make is this, and you can write this down. Do not mistake God's provision. Remember, he provided the fish. Don't mistake God's provision for punishment. See, a lot of times when when the storm comes and, 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 and the Holy Spirit puts us on lockdown, so to speak, because of our disobedience, we look at it, well, God must hate me. God's mad at me. He's punishing. No, no, no. He's providing the whale, whatever your whale is. He's providing that to get you to a place where you're cramped, you can't move, you're uncomfortable, so he can get your attention. Okay? It's very easy to assume that God is punishing us. I told you about the the time in my life. Same thing. Somebody used to go to this church a long time ago said, when, when, before Amy and I moved, looked, didn't even know what we were going through in Georgia and said, God had to wreck that thing to get you to come, to move, to get you to leave. Well, I tried to stay. God said, go to Nineveh. I was trying to, I was trying to roll to Tarshish. God said, go to Chiefland. I was trying to stay in Hamilton, Georgia. And I had a whale experience. Let some people in my circle. Had no business being there. That's dangerous. And then I'm like, and he completely isolated me from the situation. And I'm thinking, because it could have been really, 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 really bad. I'm isolated. I'm thinking God must be mad at me because I have allowed something. He must be upset with me. No, 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 no. 
He had me right where he wanted me. Same thing in your life. You may feel isolated from some situations. You may feel so completely distant from God. But what you need to remember, as long as you get to a place of surrender, it's not his punishment. He's providing a spot for you so he can get your attention so that he can do a work in you. Let him do it in three days and three nights so you're not there for a real long time. Okay? I remember thinking, man, God, why have you restricted me? God, why are you disciplining me? You've removed my mobility. I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't like this, God. How many knows it was tight in the belly of the whale? God may put you in some tight places so you can stop moving because Jonah was a runner. He knew if I got to get you to stay in one place, maybe I got to put a, don't, don't, don't be going out to Cedar Key fishing. Don't let that be the next Jonah story. Church, I ain't trying to be funny. I'm being serious. If he can do it once, he can do it again. Don't let that happen to you. If you're not careful, you'll start to view the fish as punishment. But really, God sent the fish to protect you. So what does the fish mean? It means God's protection and God's provision. What was the fish for him? He was protecting him. Because left on my own, who knows what I would do? If I would have been left on my own in Georgia, who knows what I would have allowed to happen? Who knows what would have taken place? God removed, put me in a fish... For for protection, and it was also provision. I'm not talking about monetarily. I'm talking about he he was providing the fish for my protection because I was allowing people in my circle. So he had to put me in a bubble so you can't touch this. MC Hammer. Okay, that was too much for you. I'm sorry. Spiritual maturity is when you know the difference between God's punishment and God's provision. That's spiritual maturity. Immaturity is pitching a fit when you don't get the job that you've been wanting. That's that's spiritual immaturity. Maturity says God has something better. Immaturity is when that girl breaks up with you and you feel like it's all over. You go through a marriage and it busts. She leaves you. She leaves you, and you think, oh, it's all over. God can never use me. Maturity says God must have let her to go. Bah. God, I'm trying to do this exact same way I wrote it down. God must have let her let me go for a reason because there must be something better. That's spiritual maturity. You can put that in any area of your life. When things don't look like they're rolling the right way, if your life is surrendered, it may just be God's provision. Okay? Maybe God's provision. I don't know, but I'm here to tell somebody that when you discover God's provision, listen, when you discover his provision, even disappointments can direct you right back to his will. I was disappointed in myself that I allowed people in my circle. I was disappointed at the, at, at, at the condition of what was around me because of that choice. But even through disappointments, God can direct you right back to his will. In closing, you might want to write that down because life is full of disappointments. But God can use a disappointment to direct you right back to where he wants you. We see Jonah in the belly of the fish and we see that he needed the belly of the fish because it was there that he developed the right spirit before God. 
It was in my, it was in my whale experience that, that my spirit changed. And I understood that I must live my life with intent, on purpose. I can't just allow people to show up. This is what he showed me this afternoon. You ever had anybody just show up at your house, knocking on the door, uninvited? I'm not talking about people you don't know. I'm talking about people you know. And you, you, you'd be like, why are you here? That's what you need to start asking yourself. Don't, don't, when, you're, when I was talking about being intentional about who comes in your circle, you need to ask yourself. Yourself, not them. Don't, don't be offensive. Don't be cocky. Ask yourself, why, why are you here? Are you bringing something to me? Are you, are, you, are you making deposits into my life? Are you making withdrawals from my life? That's how you determine who's supposed to be there. Why are you here? Because how many know some people just show up at your house? They're waiting. They'll just stand at the door. You're looking at them. They're looking at you. You're like, you showed up here. And in your mind, you're going, why are you here? They're waiting for you to open the door and go, come in. And then they come in. They just sit down on your couch. There's really no purpose. They're just there. They're just there. Anybody got anybody like that in your life? They're just there. We need to start asking ourselves, why are you here? Because if you don't, for the most part, I think we get it. We're supposed to be surrounded by Christians and brothers and, you know, building ourselves up and our most holy faith and all those things. And we're going we're to be around lost people. But we got to be careful about the people who, who, who are Christians. That's why it's good that we stop in the middle of the week and go, where are you headed? We need to be heading in the right direction. Because if you're going to Tarshish, when God's told us to go to Nineveh, I'm going to get caught up in somebody's storm. And I'm not about that. Okay? So it's important that we ask ourselves, why are you here? Okay? Why are you here? What is the spirit that changed in Jonah? Spirit of brokenness. It's a truth that we must learn. It's not something that makes you want to get excited and shout about when we talk about brokenness. But this is what you need to know. This is a truth you you need to know. God only works with broken things. God only works with broken things. We got to be broken before God, church, where we get to a place where we go, it's not about me. God, I surrender. God, I die to myself. I'm broken. If you're not broken before God, that means you're full of yourself. If you're not broken before God, you're full of yourself. If you're not full of God, you're full of another substance. And nine times out of ten, it's stuff that we like. What we want. How we want it. What we want to do. God only works with broken things, empty things, and depleted things. That's why I say every week, God, empty me of me. God, I empty myself of myself. I want to live a life poured out. I had some other scripture that I wanted to, I wanted to use tonight, but I'm, I'm going to stop. And we'll pick it up. We'll pick it up next week. 
Because I really think that it's important that we, that we really, and I, and I do, I know I say it all the time. It's important who you let in your circle. But if, if we're not careful, we'll become collateral damage because of someone else running. It's hard enough for me to worry about me. It's hard enough to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Because I know that if I get off track, other people that, that are in my circle, if I, if I get off track, you guys could be affected. If you get off track, we're going to be affected. That's why we stay together. Almost broke into that Motown. I can't with that other music, but can we stay together? Whatever. It's true. So be intentional. Be intentional. What, what are some takeaways tonight? What are some takeaways? Here they are, right here. And then I'm going to get Brother Paul to close us out. Be intentional in your relationships. Don't mistake God's provision for punishment. And stay broken before the Lord. Stay broken before the Lord. Okay? That's all I got tonight. I just felt like we needed we just need to stop and just, just rest on that tonight. Because if we start getting that right, if we start becoming intentional about who's in our in our in our circle, you will see that life will get so much easier. Why is life so hard? Sure, life is crazy. But half the time it's because of something we've done. So if we start getting intentional about who's you start telling people to get off your ship that ain't supposed to be there, watch the storm cease. Watch the storm cease. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.